more time, would you put your hands together and welcome Evangelist Rima Duncan as he comes to minister the word of the Lord to us tonight. Come on, somebody lift up praise unto the Lord tonight. Come on, lift up the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, I hear your hands, but let's join that with a shout of praise unto the Lord tonight. He's deserving of our worship. We ought to make a joyful noise unto the Lord tonight. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him for in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Come on, let's praise him. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. And you better mean it. Come on, some of, some of us, we're so tight in the house of God. You know, when we come to church, we're, we're so serious, you know. Come on, smile at your neighbor. Your neighbor being the person next to you. Smile at him. Now, if you're not showing your teeth, you're not smiling. Come on, show your teeth. Smile. It's all right to smile in the house of the Lord. I don't care if they're white or not, yours or not. Show your teeth. Just smile. Make yourself friendly. Come on. It's the house of the Lord. We ought to be joyful in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Definitely a privilege. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me the opportunity to be here this weekend. And I do uh, count it an honor every time I get to uh, speak to God's people. I do feel like I have a word from the Lord tonight. But before I do uh, go into the word of the Lord, I do want to sing a song I had on my heart since this morning. And uh, some of you may know it. Some of you may not. You may be seated. The song simply says, every praise goes to the Lord. Everybody agree with that? Every praise is to our God. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Come on, put your hands together. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Come on, help me say that. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise, yes, to our God. Oh, every praise is to our God. 
and every word of worship in one accord every praise every praise is to our God sing hallelujah to our God glory hallelujah is due our God every praise every praise is to our God yes every praise is to our God and every word of worship in one accord every praise every praise is to our God I will sing hallelujah our God glory hallelujah is due our God every praise every praise is to our God this next part says God my Savior God my healer God my time saying God my he is your healer God my deliverer oh yes he is yes he is oh yes he is every praise every praise is to our God and every word of worship in one accord every praise every praise every praise every praise in my sickness every praise I'll give praise in my trial I'll give praise every praise every praise every praise Every praise, every praise, every praise, yes, is to our God. Come on, help me say this one more time. God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, he is. Oh. It's to our God. And every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, 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 every praise. Every praise, every praise, come on, somebody make that your prayer. Every praise, every praise, yes, to our God. 
somebody give that praise unto the Lord right now. Come on, if you believe that right now, give God the highest praise. Give him the fruit of your lips. Praise the Lord. If you remain standing with me, we're going to go into the word of the Lord. I want to turn to the book of Genesis chapter 49, reading from verse 8. In this scripture we find a uh, prophecy, if you will, imparting words from Jacob. And he's giving his sons some uh, inspiration and encouragement for future times to come. He gets to his son named Judah. And the Bible says, Genesis 49, verse 8, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Everybody say, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. In this scripture, we see there is a correlation between his son and the imagery of that of a lion. He said, Judah, you are a lion's whelp, or you are like the offspring of a lion. But you are also as the old lion. You're like the offspring. You're like the young. But you act as the old. And so from this scripture, I would like to preach, not long, but with the help of the Lord effectively. Everybody say, roar. Roar. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to hear me roar. Oh, somebody's getting ready to praise the Lord tonight. You don't need the eye of the tiger. Oh, you're going to hear me roar tonight. I'm ready to make some noise unto the Lord. That's going to intimidate my enemies. Oh, somebody, lift your hands up to the Lord. And let's go before him in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We need your spirit tonight. We want you to have your way amongst us. Lord, do it again, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you've done this morning. But, Lord God, we know you have more in store for us tonight. And we're ready for it, Lord Jesus. We're ready not just to receive it, but we're ready to respond to it. In the name of Jesus, do what you will, Lord God. We take the limits off of our faith. 
We take the limits off of the moving of your spirit and the manifestation of your power. Lord God, we want you to show up and show out, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, if there's someone that has come into this place sick, let them leave healed. If there's someone that has stepped into this place tonight empty, let them leave filled. In the mighty name of Jesus, do your perfect work in its entirety tonight. And everybody say, in Jesus' name. Now turn to your neighbor as you're clapping your hands to the Lord and say, Roar. may be seated. Now, many of you, I know we just met each other today. You don't really know how to take this preacher yet. Don't really know where he's going with this thought. I'm just a firm believer that church does not have to be a sad occasion. When I come to the house of the Lord, on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening or during the midweek, it's not a funeral for me. I don't come in somber. I don't come in having to have people pat me on the back, but I come in with joy. I come in ready to praise the Lord. Many of us, we come in church and we act like it is a sad occasion. But you can smile while you say hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about some of you try that? Hallelujah. hallelujah. It feels better than hallelujah. You know, pastor, sometimes we get this mindset that when we're really touching God, when we worship with an ugly face. Oh, you know what I mean. You know, we, we see people that, you know, they're worshiping like this. We're saying that brother, that sister, they're really getting a blessing from the Lord. But how many know you can smile when you say hallelujah? You can smile when you worship the Lord. David, he wrote these words. He said, serve the Lord with madness. He said, serve the Lord with sadness. No, that's not what he wrote. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Come on, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. And he begins that chapter by saying, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I wonder if we can do that right now and begin to lift up a sound of praise unto God. Come on, church. Come on, church of the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. David began to talk to himself when he found himself in a state of sadness. He says in Psalm 42, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Why are you silent? Why are you downcast, downtrodden? He says, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Simply put, when David was sad, he didn't stay that way. He didn't wallow in his depression. 
He didn't go on his cell phone, find his favorite contacts, and begin to send out a mass text about how his day was going. He didn't get on Instagram and take a sad face selfie and post it so he can get a bunch of likes and comments saying, oh, we're praying for you. Oh, I was just thinking about you today. Oh, I need to give you a call. He didn't do that. He didn't air out his dirty laundry on Facebook. But when David was sad, he began to encourage himself in the Lord. He began to have his own little praise break, his own little praise party, and not a pity party. He began to make a joyful noise unto the Lord and get himself out of that rut. Here's the problem with our modern day church. Too long we have been silent in fear because we are intimidated. We're intimidated by our problems. We're intimidated by our pressures. We're intimidated by people and how they think or what they think of us. But it's time for the church of the living God to rise up and begin to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. If it wasn't enough for him to pen those words in the 100th Psalm, he said it in the 98th Psalm. In verse 4, he said, make a joyful whisper. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. So that didn't mean people that, oh, it's your personality to do it. He didn't say some of you. He didn't say those that feel like it. Those that are having a good day, you can go ahead and worship. He said, all. Everybody say all. all. Now, I did a word study on that word all. And in the Hebrew, all means all. Yeah. And in the Greek, all means all. In Spanish, all means all. <laughs> in the mountains and in the hills, all means everybody. Everybody ought to praise the Lord no matter how you feel because we don't praise God based on how we feel. We praise him according to who he is. He said praise him according to his excellent greatness. If he's excellent, if he's great, and his greatness is excellent, we ought to praise him and bless him and make some noise like he's deserving of it. We are way too silent. The Bible denotes many words in uh, the Hebrew language that denote praise. And I'm not going to go through the litany of them, but the one that I want to focus on is the one that says Shabbat which means to shout or address in a loud tone, to command in triumph. That means when you Shabbat God or when you praise the Lord, the sound that you make ought to have such authority. It ought to be so convincing that people that hear the sound from your mouth ought to think that person is a winner. That person is victorious. I'm, I don't want to mess with that person. That's what the devil ought to think when he hears you praise the Lord. 
You ought not to give God that wimpy praise. You ought not to give God a joyful whisper, but you ought to raise your voice and command in triumph through your praise. I'm going to take my time tonight. The Bible says in Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Meaning, there will come some pestilence in your life. Or let me just say, there's going to be some pests around you that's going to be very noisy. There's going to be some things that come in your life that will make noise. And there's going to be some enemies that come into your life and make a whole bunch of noise. And that's why we can't afford to stay silent. Because our enemy is making noise. He's making noise trying to cause fear. He's making noise trying to impose doubt upon us. He's trying to create confusion by that noise. But we ought to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. This is what's going on right now. The Bible says be sober, be vigilant. 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil as a roaring lion. Seeketh whom he may devour. So the Bible says that the adversary is making noise. He's going around roaring. But the Bible did not say that the adversary was a lion. The Bible says he's walking around as one. The Bible only makes reference to one lion, and that is the lion of the tribe of Judah. That title lion is only reserved for the king of kings and the lord of lords. Jesus Christ is the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. And we can counteract the noise of that fake lion where we begin to make our own noise and open our own mouths and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And this is why Paul told the Ephesians, neither give place to the devil. And when he was saying don't give them any place, the original word that they used there instead of place was topos, the same derivative that we get words like topography from, the study of land and region or territory. So when he was saying don't give any place to the devil, he says don't give him any space. Don't give him any room in your life. Don't give him any territory. And that's why our praise is important. In Revelation chapter 5, Jesus was called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And through scripture we understand that Judah means praise. Through scripture we also understand that God inhabits the praises of his people. Therefore, when we open our mouths to praise the Lord, he shows up not just to visit, not just to slap high fives and play some Xbox. He's coming to do some work. He's coming to meet some needs. He's coming to kick out every other kingdom that doesn't belong there. Why? Because he is the true lion of the tribe of Judah. And our praise attracts that lion to our location. What the devil is doing when he's going around roaring, he's trying to say that his roar is conquering you. 
when a lion roars, they say in the vicinity where you can hear that roar, that's the domain or the territory of that lion. So when the devil is going around roaring, he's trying to say, you are my territory. When he comes into your home and he starts making some noise, he's trying to say, your marriage is my territory. Your mind is my territory. Your playlist on your iPad is my territory. Your Netflix account is my territory. He's trying to say, oh, your children are my territory. Your, your finances is my territory. But somebody needs to shut the devil up and begin to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Why do I need to do that, preacher? Because when I do, I get the true lion to show up and roar. And his roar is greater than the devil's roar. His roar is greater than Katy Perry's roar. His roar is greater than any demon's roar. His roar is great. And it will show that I am the territory of the Lord. Somebody lift your voice right now and begin to let out a sound of praise. Come on. Your sound of adoration to the Lord is like a roar in the spirit. It allows God to come to your location and set up his kingdom. Somebody say God is looking for some territory to live in. That's why I've never seen somebody receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with their mouths closed. You go ahead and try go ahead and try to speak in tongues like this. Just won't work. Never seen anybody receive deliverance with their mouths closed because that is the one thing that the devil cannot stop. He can stop you from clapping your hands, maybe. He can stop you from jumping and running the aisles, maybe. He can stop a lot of things in your life, but there's one thing that he cannot put a chain on. There's one thing he cannot lock up in a box, and that is the sound from your mouth when you make it unto the Lord. He's afraid that one day you'll start talking back. He's afraid that one day you'll start worshiping God and attracting his spirit into the domain of the kingdom of darkness. And when you get God to show up, you're not just getting the spirit to show up. You're getting the king to show up. And when the king shows up, his kingdom shows up with him. And every other kingdom that has been there, doesn't matter how long, when the true king begins to show up, every other kingdom has got to go. When the king shows up, your depression has to go. When the king shows up, your loneliness has to go. When the king shows up, sickness has got to go. Somebody begin to give the Lord some prayer. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm going to skip a little further. I feel like moving this along a little bit. Bible says that David, he was at a time where he was running in his life. 
1 Samuel chapter 21, verse 10, if you want to put it up there. 1 Samuel 21, verse 10. The Bible says that David was running from Saul. And as he was fleeing danger of Saul, he ran to King Achish of Gath. Now you have to understand how strange this is because David has a past with that city called Gath. David, the giant slayer. David, the one who made a fool of the Philistines, ends up running to a Philistine city. And not only was this any random Philistine city, Gath was the hometown of Goliath. And guess what? Goliath wasn't the only giant. You see, many of us, you know, we, we probably learned in Sunday school or we, somebody probably told us that, you know, when David went to go kill the, the giant, he went to the brook and got five smooth stones. And he got them because it all represented the letters in the name of Jesus. And he just took that first stone and killed them with the J. You can believe that, but I'm a little bit more analytical than that. And I thought it through. I don't think he did it because it represented the letters of the name of Jesus. I don't really believe that he did it because he thought he was going to miss. I believe he took five smooth stones because Goliath wasn't the only giant. Goliath had four brothers. And so after he kills Goliath, he's on the run. And he runs to Goliath's hometown. And so David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did not they sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? You see, when he got there, the enemy began to make some noise. The enemy began to speak into the ears of David. And here's how it affected him. Pay close attention. David laid up those words in his heart and was so afraid. Now, he couldn't have been afraid as he was going to that city. He knew what he was doing. But when he got there, he became afraid because of what he heard. He heard the noise that those pests were making. And that's the same thing that happens in our lives. We get to a place where we have faith in God and nothing can shake us. But when we are met with some opposition, the devil begins to make some noise in our minds. He begins to talk in our ears and we lay up those words in our hearts and it affects us. It affects our faith in God. It affects our faithfulness to God. But the Bible says that even though he became afraid, that he did something very strategic. The Bible says in verse 13 that he changed his behavior before them. And he feigned himself mad in their hands or he acted like he was insane 
he began to act a little crazy. And he scrabbled on the doors of the gate and even let spit fall down. He was foaming at the mouth. That's how crazy he began to act. And here's what happened when he responded in that way. The king said, lo, ye see, this man is mad. Why have you brought him here to me? And this is what the king did. The king sent him away. Not only did he send him away, but he blessed him. He gave him his own parcel of land for him and his peoples to dwell in. The city called Ziklag. So because of his response in the face of opposition, he was not only delivered from his present trouble, he left blessed. In the face of danger, David changed his behavior and began to act out a little bit. And people looking on would have been like, this guy is insane. He's crazy. He's making a fool out of himself. But if you look at the scripture a little closely, some uh, historians believe that while he was acting like this, he was actually writing a psalm in his mind. And the psalm that they believe he was writing was the 34th psalm. And the 34th psalm says... I will bless the Lord at all times. So while he was in the face of danger, he said, I know I might be afraid right now, but I'm going to bless the Lord. I know I might be in danger right now, but I'm going to bless the Lord. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears they looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles the angel of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him and delivereth them oh taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man that trusts in him he wasn't just acting crazy. He was praising the Lord. He was blessing the Lord. And that is the proper response when any fake lion tries to come into your life and make some noise. You ought to make some noise back and say, you don't run my life. My life is the territory of the Lord. And so I'm not just going to sit here and be quiet. Because the more I am silent is the more you'll only hear the enemy's noise. But when I begin to make some noise, it's kind of like that cartoon. Little Simba. He was in some trouble. You know? Ooh, Mufasa. Simba learns something from his daddy. He says, okay, I got something up my sleeve. Those little jackals, it was like, oh, you hear this little whelp? 
He's just a lion's whelp. He's just a little young person. He can't do anything. He's too young. He's not uh, mature enough. He doesn't have enough knowledge to defeat the devil. You've made too much mistakes. You can't overcome. And this is the noise that they're making. Then Simba, he gets up, his strength does it again. They continue to mock him. They continue to make him feel like less than who he really was. He was a child of the king. But the noise that the enemy was making was making him feel like that he was less than that. But when he continued to roar, all of a sudden, Simba opened his mouth. And all you heard was, and the enemy became afraid. It shut them up. They stopped talking. Why? Because he found his roar. And where did he learn it? He learned it from his father. And some of you, when you're in your danger, you've got to do what you've learned from the father. You've got to... You can't just sit there and let the enemy speak into your family and speak into your life. But you've got to open your mouth. And it may seem insignificant the first time you do it. It may seem like nothing's happening the second time you do it. But when you keep on roaring, when you keep on praising, when you keep on worshiping, when you keep on praying, something powerful is going to happen. Here's the trick. You're not always going to feel like roaring. Some of us, we have an innate nature to want attention. And so we like being the victim because we get gifts. We get phone calls. We get visits. We get people to cook us dinner. We get people to do our yard work. (laughs) got a witness over there and so we want to be the victim and we want to feel like oh I'm so helpless but you can stay in that prison all you want and let the devil run amok in your life all you want but as for me and as for my house we're not going to shut up we're going to lift our voices and we're going to let the devil know you are not welcome in this place. Some of you, the devil has been running amok in your mind, in your life, telling you, young ladies telling you you're ugly, telling you you're never going to be anything, young men telling you you're not significant, you're never going to be anything in life. God's not going to use. Some of you need to lift your voice and shut the devil up and say, I am a child of the king. And I'm not going to stand here and let this fake lion uh, intimidate me. uh, But I'm going to lift my voice uh, and begin to worship God uh, and begin to praise the Lord. But preacher, I've been so beat up. 
I don't feel like it. I don't, I don't think I have the strength. I don't, I don't think I can do it. That's why David said, make. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You're not going to feel like doing it all the time. So guess what you got to do? You got to make yourself do it. You've got to make it happen. You've got to make yourself pray when you don't feel like praying anymore. You've got to make yourself worship and praise when you don't feel like it anymore. You've got to make yourself snap out of your fear and dance before the Lord with all your might. You gotta make it happen. You gotta snap yourself out of the spell that the devil has cast upon your life and shake off the chains of darkness and begin to let the lion begin to roar in your life and cause you to have the victory. Psalms 115, verse 17. Should we put it on the the screen? I'm almost done. Don't worry, kids. I'm almost done. Story time's almost over. <laughs> Psalm 115, verse 17. Now, when I read this scripture, it kind of did something to me. Because the only reason and the only excuse that I could ever have to not praise the Lord is if I'm dead. It says the dead. Everybody say the dead. The dead praise not the Lord. So the only reason why somebody would be in a situation where they cannot praise the Lord As if it's already over. You're dead. Finito is finished. There's no coming back from this. But everybody in this place tonight, I believe you're alive. I'm not in the mortuary, I'm in the sanctuary. And in this sanctuary, there's a cloud of witnesses that can attest to the fact that I still got breath in my body. I still got clothes on my back. I ate some type of meal today. Might not have much, but I at least got some change in the bank. So if you're not dead, you are. To be praising the Lord. You see, people that don't praise God, it's a clear indication. Some of you try to hide by not praising the Lord. You try, you you got something going on and you try to hide amongst the stuff by not praising God. No, you're not hiding. It's a clear indication to a man of God. That something is dead when somebody cannot praise the Lord. 
Either something's dead in you or something's dead around you. But either way, something's dead. Your spirit might be dead. Your consecration to the Lord might be dead. Your walk with God might be dead. Or you may be around somebody with those. And deadness is contagious. Can I get a witness? Now, if you're in this place and you feel like you're alive, I want you to worship the Lord. Hold on. Hold on. See, I get some of you. Some of you think that, oh, I already got that preacher figured out. He's just trying to work us up into a sweaty frenzy like he is up there. He, he just wants me to get all emotional. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I understand that you might be going through something, or even you'll say, that's not my personality. I'm a little bit more conservative. I have a little bit more of a reserve swag. Let's see how reserved your swag is when somebody knocks on your door Saturday morning with a big old check for $50 million. You heard that, didn't you? Uh -huh. Let's see how quiet your swag is when your favorite team wins the Super Bowl. Let's see. It doesn't even take that much. Let's see how quiet and how conservative you are when you par out on the golf course. Let's see how quiet you are when they got purses 40% off in the next room. So if you can get emotional about that, I believe that you can get emotional about victory in your family, in your mind, and in your home. And if I'm going to get emotional about anything right now, it's going to be about the victory that I can get from the presence of the Lord. I can't sit here and be quiet and let the devil do what he wants in my life. I've got to lift my voice and let the devil know that he's up for a fight. He's not going to have an easy way out. He's going to have to take me out, but he can't take you out because the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord will roar with you. Somebody lift your voice and begin to worship God. The Bible says, oh, clap your hands, oh, ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. You don't even have to win the battle. You don't even have to be triumphant. You've just got to have the voice for it. Because Jesus already won the victory when he died on the cross. And since he died on the cross, I can shout, I can sing, I can rejoice. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
I believe there's some people in the house right now that you might have been going through some things, but you're not going to let your danger hold you down. But in the face of that danger, you're going to change your behavior and begin to worship the Lord. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't worry, just worship. Come on, say, don't worry, just worship. Don't worry, just worship. Just worship. Just worship. Just worship. I'm not going to worry about my sickness. I'm just going to worship. I'm not going to worry about the bills. I'm just going to worship. I'm not going to worry about my family, my marriage, my relationships. I'm going to worship. The devil's had me down for a long time and it felt like uh, I couldn't get up. But right now, I know I've got the strength to lift my voice. Paul and Silas walking around. And as I said this morning, they cast the spirit of divination out of this young lady. She was kind of like the Miss Cleo of the land. You know, reading people's palms and doing those tarot cards and stuff and reading people's horoscopes and all that stuff. Oh, y'all do know that stuff is witchcraft, right? Don't worry, I'm leaving tomorrow. And so he cast that spirit out of her. And the people that were making money off of her, they got upset and decided to throw Paul and Silas into jail. And when they threw them into jail, they didn't just throw them into a regular cell. They threw them into the inner prison. They bound their feet up, bound their hands up with chains and fetters, and they threw them into the inner prison. And the Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Silas got in the corner of their cell, balled up in the fetal position, and began to suck their thumbs They began to complain and say, why did God allow this to happen to me? Oh, I know that sounds familiar, though. They began to blame each other. They began to blame other people. They began to blame the bishops at Jerusalem. They began to blame their spiritual authority. They began to blame God. No, they didn't do any of that. The Bible says at midnight, in the midst of their prison, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto the Lord. But here's the important part. The Bible says the prisoners heard them. So that means they were in quiet. They didn't give God a that silent praise, you know, that praise that we're trying to give God when we don't want to mess up our due that took us about two hours to do and then we complain that the church goes on for more than an hour and a half. We don't want to mess up our outfits because we just give God that pretty praise. No, they didn't give God no pretty praise. They had a pressing need. And because of that need, they shouted, they lifted up their voice, 
and began to make some noise in that prison. And guess what happened? At midnight, suddenly there was an earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. The prison doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Here's why it happened. Because when they praised the Lord, it invited God to their location. They began to send up worship and God turned on his sonar system and located where they were and got to that place. And you want to know why everybody's doors began to swing open? You want to know why the foundations of the prison were shaken and everyone's chains and bands were loosed? Because they invited the king into the prison. And wherever the king goes, Bishop, the kingdom goes with him. So when they began to worship and praise God, that prison turned into a palace. And in the kingdom of God, there are no prisons. In the kingdom of God, there are no chains. In the kingdom of God, there is no hurt. There is no pain. There is no situation that can keep you bound. When the king shows up, when the king shows up, when the king shows up and begins to roar. So I wonder in this house if there's anybody here right now that would like the king to show up. And if you want him to show up, all you've got to do is lift your head, lift your voice, and give him praise. Yes! 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 Lord, I'm in trouble. I need you to show up. Lord, I need healing. I need you to show up. Lord, I need the Holy Ghost. I need you to show up. I need you to show up. I need you to show up. And I'm not going to stay silent. I'm not going to stay silent. I'm going to lift my voice and roar. Yeah! I've got to roar. I've got to lift my voice. I've got to get God to show up in my situation and free me. And even when it feels like nothing's beginning to happen, even when it feels like the prison doors are still closed, I can lift my voice and say, I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get it. Yes, I got to praise. I'm not going to sit here and let the devil keep beating up on my family. I'm not going to sit here and let the devil keep throwing my past in my face. I'm going to begin to talk back. I'm going to lift myself up and begin to worship God. And he's going to step in. He's going to show up. And he's going to free everything around me. That's what the people of God did. When they began to walk around the walls of Jericho, the Bible says that they were trying to possess this promise. And it was walled around and they couldn't have access. But in order to get access, they had to lift their. 
there's going to come a time where it's okay to be silent. Go ahead. Devil, have your time. Devil, you can talk all you want, but I'm not listening. I know I might be silent right now, but my time for silence is up. My time for silence is finished. It's the seventh day. And I'm ready to get what God has promised me. I'm ready to take back what the devil has stolen from me. And so I'm not going to sit here and be quiet. I'm going to lift my voice and let the walls fall down. I wonder if the count of three, we can begin to call on the name of Jesus. Is that all right? And when you call on him, Guess what's going to happen? Guess what's going to happen when you call on Jesus? What's your name, sister? Olivia. Olivia, if I saw you in Walmart, you were in the cereal aisle, getting your favorite cereal. You look like a Fruity Pebbles kind of girl. You're not a serial girl? Yeah, you're a serial killer. <laughs> Lucky Charms. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. She's probably one of those mature cereal eaters. I like honey bunches of oats. <laughs> but you were in that cereal aisle and I said, I recognize who that is. Olivia, what are you going to do? I don't know what she's going to do. If somebody's calling your name, what are you going to do? I'm going to say hi. You're going to say hi. You're going to answer them, right? And if I kept on calling you, Spencer, right? If I kept on calling you, what you going to do? I'm going to say hi again. You're going to say hi again. And I'm rolling up, checkout aisle, and I got this whole line in front of me in the, in the cash register, and I see Spencer still in the cereal aisle reading the back of the box of Cocoa Puffs. Sound like something he would do, right? These are cool graphics. And so, I'm in the checkout aisle, and I can't get to you, and I'm saying, Spencer, Spencer, what are you gonna do? You're gonna ask me what I want. But I can't gump, I can't really, get to you and tell you what I want but I keep calling you eventually you're going to come to where I'm at guess what that's exactly what happens when you call on Jesus he's going to answer you and if you keep on calling him he's going to come to where you are and see about your needs so in this house right now, I wonder if we can all lift our voice, all lift our hands, and on the count of three, just begin to shout the name of Jesus. Are you ready to lift up praise unto the Lord? Are you ready to worship the Lord? Are you ready for God to show up in your life? Begin to call on his name, one, two, three, Jesus. Come on, you can do better than that. One, two, three. Oh, I feel like God is coming down.
somebody's getting a hold of the master somebody's getting the attention of the blessing giver somebody's getting a hold of God right now fall into the trap. Keep on going. I don't want to fall. I want you to fall into the trap. When we get up here and we go with what's going on right now, I want you to get some real victory in this place. Here's why. Because when you leave this atmosphere, it's going to be a hundred times harder to get the victory. If you want the victory, in your life from here on out you've got to seize moments like this in church and get all the victory you can get and bring it with you wherever you go it's easier to make a joyful noise in this place than it is where the battle is raging out there but if you can get it right here you can get it right out there so on the count of three, I want you to lift your voice, begin to worship the Lord. And if you have a need in your life, I want you to make your way to the front of this altar. Begin to lift your hands and lift your voice as loud as you can. And begin to let God meet that need. Begin to let God revive your hope. Begin to let God restore your joy. Come on. I know we got some children up here, but if you have a pressing need and you want God to meet that need, I, I dare you to step up here right now with your hands lifted. I don't care what it is. It may seem impossible to you, but with God, all things are possible. That's right, brother. In the name of Jesus. Come on. There's a few more here. I see it in the spirit. There's a few more here. I want you to make your way right now. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. God can break every chain in your life. But you've got to take that first step and begin to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hey!